Ladies and gentlemen, welcome one and all to the Nick's Nonfiction Season 2 Super Cut. My name is Nick Munez. I am your host here on The Niche. We had quite an experimental year, 2020, as it was on a global scale as well. This is not going to be some going over the politics and everything for the entire year. If you want that, check out the Patreon page. It's at the top of the YouTube I went more in-depth with all of the videos we made. That's a really fun. And you get to see my face in that video. As for here, we're going over the 12 main episodes. We do a theme every single month on Nick's Nonfiction. We got the best sound bites. The craziest things I've said that will sound bite me in the ass eventually for each of the shows today. I am your narrator. This is current Nick Munez in 2020 December. About to be January, we're going to kick off Season 3, Guns A-Blazing, and you're going to hear me progress through the year. We have a stoic mindset to the show. You always got to be growing. Our first book is Jordan B. Peterson's 12 Rules for Life. We've been saying throughout the year, if you're 1% better by the end of the year, you're three times the man you were at the beginning. You're going to see the progression and I cannot wait for a year from now, so let's kick this mule. January of 2020, we had 12 Rules for Life by Jordan B. Peterson. Ni hao, you know Jordan B. Peterson? 12 Rules for Life. None of these 12 rules are going to be get sober immediately. He's saying stand up tall and you're going to realize the big chungus energy is going to be flowing back towards you. And when they had all of that serotonin running through their lobster brain, they would actually grow in size. So it's that winning positive feedback loop that actually made the lobsters bigger in physical stature and able to nab up more lobster tail. Oh, can I get something from the audience for that one? Get out of here. New live studio audience two weeks from now. I'm going to sell bed tickets. <laughs> This is why Jordan got so revved up. He was trying to tell these points to college kids. It's not going to work. Everybody's equal in your RSO, Registered Student Organization. Ask a feminist, there's not a lot of romance novels about poor guys. Yo! <laughs> We're going to do a, a porno book. Uh, what are those even called? Erotic novel. And talking about adventure... Give your Tinder a scroll, and I guarantee you, by the time you run out of swipes, you will see a girl saying she's looking for adventure on her dating profile. How about I pick you up tomorrow in my ski mask with my noose rope? Don't ask me why I have it. <laughs> no! No! Jordan has a stat here. Women say no. People were doing this for their uh, master's programs. 85% of the times on dating sites. Their instinct is no, whereas if you watch one of your buddies swipe, it looks like he, um, wipe a dry booger off his finger. He's going... <laughs> when I was working at the supermarket, the EBT card guy, the food stamp people, come in eating fucking frog wah and creme brulee while I suck the skin off of an apple on my five-minute break... Give him a job, not a supermarket sweep. Teach the man to fish. 
And this kid starts just like, he gets up because he was under watch the entire time trying to act like a civil being, but little kids are retarded, so am I. He starts walking around going, <laughs> and I was fucking dying. I literally put my hat over my face, and I was like, same man. A kid, someone who is still in the Garden of Eden, he has his innocence. He is not covering up his ego. If I walked around and went, people would be like, what the fuck is wrong with this man? We need to call an ambulance. Maybe there's an immortality club up in heaven, the VIP section, because heaven ain't that exclusive. I don't know if I want to get in that club where literally the hobo down the street is going to be in there. I have a little bit of savings. Can we do a 10K and above heaven? <laughs> or is that just Jewish heaven? You ever hear of uh, Ram Dass, I think it is, one of the big gurus nowadays. Be here now. We're trained throughout our lives to look through the next thing. First grade, second grade, third grade, middle school, high school, college, graduate school, get married, have a baby, retire and die. Be here now. Jordan claims to be anti-nihilist, which is <laughs> like anti-negative. And the way he debunks the entire ideology of nihilism any idiot can choose a time frame in which nothing matters. Drink it down enough. Oh, between 8 o'clock and 8.05, it doesn't matter if I do nothing. Well, if you say that every five minutes, then you're never going to do shit. And then if you zoom out enough, oh, we're all just beings floating through space, man. Compare yourself to your last version, not the best version of somebody else doing their own thing. Because they were probably on your level at some point. You're responsible for the creature that you bought on this earth. You wanted to keep your sperm as a pet. I'm not paying for your child support, bitch. This is why I wear condoms. I don't remember getting any protein, any gains from the body of Christ. It tasted an awful lot like carbs to me. By year zero, Jesus Christ knew that slurring gays was not good for political rhetoric. Hillary Clinton. It wasn't in 2015 until she realized you have to let gay people get married. If he's in therapy, he's bae. Being therapy is the new being tall. <laughs> and you see the new tweets, girls are waking up, they're going, I'm not letting my boyfriend see a therapist because the therapist is going to let him know that I'm the toxic one. Wherever you are, there's always something that can be learned. I'm just trying to find, like, an older man. Like, I've been looking on, like, TikTok. I've been looking everywhere. And I just, I just need a daddy. Like, I need someone that's taking care of me. Even, like, this new generation of gay kids are looking to trap a man. They're not looking to have hot, sweaty mustache sex in a nightclub. And then you get a boner. <laughs> right after the breakup, women's endorphin levels are higher than when they are in the relationship. Because they are getting all the empathy from their peers. Oh my god, text me, girl. Oh my god, let's go out tonight and get some dick. Oh my god, let me buy you some Ben and & Jerry's and we'll cry all night. Women literally are happier after they get dumped. Yeah, because physical pain is so much worse than prolonged emotional distress. No dragon, no gold, baby. So you really can't socialize a boy like a girl. They're not going to respond to the bubbly, fake attitudes. It's probably going to heighten their aggression. So he ends this chapter saying male, female, non-binary, wolfkin, alien, whatever the fuck you are making people call you, you needy, amorphous blob. Everybody can benefit by being told to toughen up. There you have it. 12 rules for life. That's probably the worst one of the entire lot today, because it was the earliest. First is the worst. 
the Peterson family, they had a hell of a year. Jordan was like in a medically induced coma in Russia. He got addicted to benzos. If he writes another book, I'll definitely be reading and reviewing that one. You could tell these sound bites, they were more shorter, unfiltered, shooting from the hip, uncalculated. It progresses through the years. We learned about accountability, responsibility. Those are going to be heavy themes in this January to come. We're going over Can't Hurt Me, David Goggins, the Supermarine, Sock Special Forces. We got some crazy reads to come. Again, check out the Patreon if you want the 2021 update. This is going to bring us to February, second month of the year, the month of love. We went over Neil Strauss's The Game. This is the definitive guide for pull. Now that bars are closed, it's a different world. We were learning how to get rejected. Most of the times you do something, you try to make a super cut, you're going to fail. You learn time after time. And as we go into our third year of the show, your host has some experience on him. I am a competent slinger of narratives now. We got a whole new era of the show. We might be changing up the main picture of the front as we do every single year. This one, the game had a lot of oversharing. I divulged way too much information about myself, but that's how these earlier shows go. This is the beginning of the nine-season story arc with character development. The first episodes, they... Gotta be unfiltered. And that's what you're getting here with Neil Strauss's The Game. We're going big and hard for Neil Strauss's The Game. His hands are in Kevin Hart's holes. Kevin Hart, everybody's suspected that this guy's a clone now after that car accident. Have a sign from God or the universe that they're allowed to hook up that night. Whereas guys, that's their intention. On some nights, there's going to be these tic-tac-toe type of games that you can't win. So New York Times is like, there are white men that need to be infiltrated and taken down. And Neil Strauss is like, yeah, I'll take that job. Absolutely. I want to go play around with these dudes. Hefner calls him at that period an AFC, an average frustrated chump. (laughs) Nowadays, we call that incels. If you go to a bar alone, you're going to die alone. (laughs) I grew up cursing out 12-year-olds, calling them the N-word. I was 12 years old, too. My username was King of Coitus. (laughs) They banned my username. They called me Clean Calf. And I was like, dude, you're censoring Xbox Live? There is no Final Frontier anymore. This is done. Time to podcast. In my monthly pie chart, I have $40 donated to dates. So every time I beat off, it feels like I'm saving money. Oh, dude, you took a hookup class? You're such a pussy. But then as soon as the group of guys is huddled around the keg, they're over on your ear like... So, dude, what was in that seminar? What did they teach you? Like, when a girl negs a guy, men's egos are too big. We'll just be like, oh, this bitch stupid. Man, I'm too good for that shit. What do you, who does she think she is, this hoe? Whereas when a girl does it, women are always trying to socially engineer every fucking situation that they're in. So they're going to try to win every person over. He's pulling out, like, a four-column checklist for his wife. Sweater. In the bathroom. This is what I would think chicks do when they go to the bathroom together. You have to present yourself bigger than life to meet people who value vanity. If I weren't gay, you'd be so mine. Let me throw a little more (laughs) twang on it. If I weren't gay, you'd be so mine. You incels are going, but if she thinks you're gay, you're never going to hook up. Once the woman is attracted, doesn't fucking matter. 
a rookie will approach right away following his boner. Oh my god, hot girl! But then if they say no to did you want to kiss me, you could always go, well, I didn't want to either. It was just a dumb question. (laughs) Me and my wing Twatomer. His wing's name is Twatomer. What more could you want in life? There's a lot of those subconscious cues that you can manipulate people with. It's pretty creepy, especially if you're going to use it for sex. I apologize for nothing. So Neil's like, holy shit, this guy's trying to anchor me. He could probably buttfuck me if he wanted to. Ross is friggin' smooth. A line is a prepared comment. Are you from Tennessee? You're the only 10 I see. A pattern is a script of arousal. Men just want to see a penis go in a hole. (laughs) Women want to know, why is the penis going in the hole? I am a virgin about to get laid for the first time at 26 years old. I do not give a fuck about pizza. Can we go have sex? You gotta snap. You gotta go off. Shave your head, bro. Get some LASIK surgery. Join a gym. They go to the Museum of Modern Art one mid-afternoon, as all the good pickup artists do. So Neil spends a little more time with him trying to perfect that come over and give me a massage move. Oops, my girlfriend is here. He sees an 11. An 11 bigger than a 10 in the club. And he's going, all right, chick's fucking perfect. It's going to take some negging to get to this one's core. (laughs) I might be able to get her down to a 9, but it's still going to take some work. (laughs) There's nothing more bonding than picking up girls together. But you wind up falling in love with the dude that you go out with more. Because you have shared experiences. You know they call me the boomerang, baby. You throw me away and I'll just keep coming back. Guys, I'm starting to think that we could do a lot more than just hook up with women. Because if you ever hook up with a girl that you have a history with, they're going to think, okay, this was when the beginning of the rest of our life right here. (laughs) And he tries to make the prostitutes pay for him for an hour. (laughs) This guy's trying to redefine the value of sex. 50-50 board slide to bosom motorboat. (laughs) Best combo I will ever create. You know what, Strauss? If you could take lessons in motorcycle riding, you should be allowed to take lessons in gals. Have you ever looked into our lord and savior, Cthulhu? They're going, oh my god, I've never hooked up with a guy who owns a mansion before. And then he walks them in the backyard to a tent. (laughs) Oh, I never do this. And how many times does never mean to you? Girls aren't everything. Whoa, it took you to go halfway around the world and thousands of women to realize that. Neil was still trying to get to the bottom of mystery, which you will not. He is a mystery. This isn't about people. This is about money and uh, conning women. Neil might be falling in love or something gay over here. So to win the game, you have to leave the game. You cannot leave the WWE with the belt. You have to give the belt to the next guy. All of you out there are getting laid tonight virtually. This brings March, Woman's Month, and we had to balance out the testosterone to uh, some estrogen. We had our biggest show of the year, Betty Friedan's Feminine Mystique. This is Second Wave Feminism, which we just learned about a couple weeks ago, The Madness of Crowds. That was a great show, truly building on these topics, as you can see as the months go on. Women, I had to give it to you on this one, and you all took it on the chin. I thought I was going to get a lot more hate pieces and (laughs) negative comments written about me. Sometimes the truth is hard to hear. That's what we do here on the show. We're doing a lot more than just spewing truth. We're empowering, influencing the youth, the youths 
are getting there, building up that confidence. So this upcoming March, of course, we have another one for the ladies planned. Check out the Patreon if you want to see what lies ahead. Hit it, Betty. Breaking for the month of March, Women's Month, The Feminine Mystique by Betty Frieden. Women are more educated than men. You get better grades nowadays. Women make more money than men from the age of 25 to 35. Why are you virtue signaling? You're such a cuckold. Mommy, I need more chicken tendies in the basement. To the moon, Alice. Jackie Gleason. He was threatening to send his wife to the moon with one swift uppercut. Betty Frieden was marching along with Margaret Mead, Old Thatcher. Is she a Margaret, too? Margaret Thatcher. When the dress ads were out, women were having smaller proportions than ever. You're probably just more self-conscious, so you're measuring yourself more. What gets measured gets improved. Old Olympic coach taught me that one before choking a kid out on a wrestling mat. G.I. Joe had cake, son. Point of critical mass, I guess we've hit, because fact, women are bigger than ever. Uh, Lizzo, you know? <laughs> Eating is easy and fun. I don't know when our society decided to start revering people who do things that are easy and fun rather than trying and difficult. I mean, we have legitimate heroin now. A third of Americans are on opiates, so that's a third of moms are playing with their kids while they're zooted on Soma. And that's the new magazine model. It's the new opiate of the masses, a Winston Churchill quote. It's the new heroin, like Betty Friedan said in the 60s. A sexual thought will pop into a man's head every second, but women spend more time per day indulging the sexual thoughts. They actually have fantasies. Guys just fucking tuck their boner into their waistband and hope no one notices. Taking it a step up in your civil service? Okay, do not take your fucking kid to the parade. This is people marching in the streets celebrating how they take it in the ass. You think a kid should be there? Heroin doesn't make you sign a government contract chaining you to a stranger until one of you die or leave with half of the other person's belongings. <laughs> it's a pretty strong opiate, what everybody around you is doing. Another girl wrote in saying she didn't want to be anything like her mom, who was a newspaper reporter. And the girl was like, that shit looks exhausting. So it's always an individual basis. But the girl who's shying away from what looks like a lot of work never stopped to ask her mom if she felt fulfilled. Betty's out here fighting against the will of God, against Reverend Theodore. Women won the right to not have to wear bonnets outside. And that kind of circles me back to my argument why aren't you trying to help these ladies that you can actually help who have to wear full what are they called sheiks uh garbs fucking mummies biohazard workers burkas there it is do you want to go fucking down two miles into the earth and mine minerals that's a hell job you descended to hell every single day come back up with a black lung to a depressed wife takes me over to her house and she has like a 50 shades gray closet of dildos from ceiling to floor they all got names and stuff it's like what if i had one fleshlight i am a fucking disgusting creep that needs to be solidified from society so, so is that penis envy having a <laughs> is that penis envy having a closet of cocks you cannot draw every problem in your life back to when you were being potty trained 
You hear that, Sigmund Freud? Go uh, spend some more time with Pavlov. Pavlov was the Tesla. Freud is some Edison hack. A Negro's place is on the farm. Great soundbite to have out there. Time has outgrown this retard's opinion. This guy's stupidity is a relic of the past. This is why you're able to laugh at his ridiculousness. Out here in Denver, there is a ladies-only open mic. I am so fucking close. I might do this like a week before I have to move. Cross-dressing and going to this open mic. What what are they going to say? I'll be like, I identify as a fucking female because I need stage time. It doesn't matter why you're identifying as something for attention. I've never done the sex before. Is that how you do the sex? They turned women. They turned your thirst for knowledge into a thirst for dick. Wake up to the social engineering, ladies and gentlemen. Nixon. He was VP to Kennedy at the time, quoted saying, Too many women are being educated. They want careers. It's unhealthy. AOC, Bernie even. These lizards speak in societal terms where it's better to brainwash the masses rather than to reveal to an individual their potential. (laughs) Their goal isn't for people to become self-actualized, is to have a functioning taxpayer base. Most powerful man in the world. Got sucked off by an intern. That is not very uncommon. I'm starting to think Genghis Khan. Oh, maybe he had a little bit of sex too because he had so much power. Oh, I'm basic. We are a primal culture worshipping a religion that we don't know where it came from. And we hoist our little girls into playing with dollhouses and reading magazine makeup articles, dooming them to a feminist hellhole. Male or female, stop buying pointless shit. Get your head out of the advertisements. Holy crap, it's like you're a war-torn 50-yard stare veteran. I clean these dishes all day. The shirts, I fold them and fold them, they never end. God damn that dick. That dick is the only thing I'm living for anymore. MLK, he gave a speech to like 4,500 people outside of a church in South Carolina and they had to take the amplifiers outside of the church and he was blasting it to all the people. And one of the quotes from that speech, famous quote is, I, I regret to inform you all here today, white, black, poor, all the disenfranchised, the most destructive thing to the United States is the United States government. All of that shit is stupid. Let's all band together for a lesser income tax. I don't give a fuck if you have a vagina or a penis or a mangina or some new alien antenna that these doctors are putting on people. Let's take our money back. Let's go. The development is palpable. Again, 2020, Nick Mune is here to check back in. And we are a quarter. Q1 is complete of 2020 at this point. Your host, he was getting a little more views, just like Jesus after the Sermon of the Mount. His head got a little big. You could hear it in this next show. We went over Face the Music by Paul Stanley for April, and that was a music-themed month. (laughs) We're definitely going to be switching that up this year. Although we do have the Dirt, the Motley Crue book, written by Neil Strauss to come. It is the ultimate underdog tale. It's about a kid that was half-deaf that went on to be a rock star. This was on the front end of the biggest development we went through as a host. You could tell it was the lockdowns were half a month in that were only supposed to last two weeks. And I started doing shows weekly. And you could tell I got a lot better by May. That's going to be a big one. As for now, Paul Stanley, face the music. 
Welcome, one and all, to the world's first Nick's Nonfiction Band World Tour. Every April, we are going around the world with one of the biggest rock bands the earth has ever seen. And this April, the first ever, is going to be with Disney's The Wiggles. April Fool's bitch, we got Paul Stanley, his book Face the Music, Falling Around Kiss. A hard rock band with literally a character called the Demon as part of the band. But every single song they have composed has a positive message. Lick it up. Positive. Shout it out loud. Rock and roll all night. Detroit Rock City. Beth. These are positive songs. The original four members, few people know this, are the number one gold record award-winning group of all time. They were the formula of how to stay relevant, how to keep making money, and do your forever tour. So you can keep making money until you're strumming the guitar on a stretcher. Around the age of 1952, he was born half-deaf. The name of the disease is microtia. Paul Stanley is saying, I'm going to be a rock star even though I'm half-deaf. He completely lost interest in school by middle school, mostly because half the time he could not hear what anybody was saying. Kids half deaf. Teachers do not like to hear. Can I have special seating? I have a physical ailment. No, you are subservient to me in my classroom. He's working on his windmills and his power slides in front of the mirror. Paul blows out his hair for the first time. And his parents, of course, negged him before he left the house. You look like a cotton ball. You think girls like that? Therapists let the 17-year-old kid know. I don't know why they just don't do this one day in school. How about fucking take the Pledge of Allegiance out one day and give people a mantra or a truthful quote? <laughs> Therapist, he changed Paul's world with this. You know what entertainment is? Ment, the root word, means mind. Entertain means to hold. Entertainment, to hold the mind. Are you not entertained? Government... Let's think this one out. Ment, mind, govern, means to control. Government, to control the mind. Because the world is run by the man. Who? The man. Oh, you don't know the man? Oh, well, he's everywhere. In the White House, down the hall, Miss Mullins. And that night, the first night Gene and Paul played together, Paul went home with a girl who introduced him to Pink Floyd. Imagine that second time you ever get laid and a girl plays for you Pink Floyd the first time ever. That's like having sex twice. This is absolutely not in your favor. You are selling your soul to the record label. And Gene and Paul were like, eh, what soul? We don't have a soul. We're literally living like insects. House parties in my town turned into destruction derbies when they busted the coke out. Maybe we could just play covers and go around clubs. Bitch, if you did not join this to be the biggest rock band in the world, I want you to quit right now. Just a chupacabra up in the hills of New York that apparently has the quickest fingers ever. And the two-shoed man starts playing an absolutely legendary lick, and it was Ace Freely. Look at all of us. We are all working. Why would you not help? Very stone-faced Ace just stood there, looked at them, and pulled out his penis. And he said, look at it. Look at it. I am not carrying any amplifiers with this thing between my legs. <laughs> He's the musical leg of the band to stand on, pun intended. You know, I always felt like I had nine lives. So I'm going to be a cat man. They're like, okay, dude, just keep beating those drums. <laughs> like I'm saying, they needed to circumvent the system somehow. That's how all the greats make it out. 
This is a this is a planet of fucking thieves at the top. They started signing those bands they were playing with coming up as openers. Even though they all have the same music level, they played the business side better. Half the time Ace would turn around, there'd be a penis on his shoulder. So the way he started to get back at him was to kiss Peter Chris's penis. What are you going to call him, gay? These guys have had sex with more people than Attila the Hun. They're slinging so much that it surpasses homophobia. Their manager got them their first billboard on the Sunset Strip. Another reason that Paul was probably driving girls around. Oh, whoa, what? Is that me? Whoa, I'm on a billboard. Oh, I've never seen that before. Ace and Paul are Zen masters or just retards completely living in the moment. On that Ed Sullivan interview I was talking about. <laughs> You can't say this. It's a, it's self-incriminating. Ace would talk about how he his favorite thing was when a girl was leaving his hotel, he would go to the balcony with his bed and try to push his bed off the balcony and hit the girl while she was leaving. He's got a super bachelor pad now. He'll call his manager and point to the girl on the cover of Penthouse magazine, and by the end of the night, she'd be in his bed. The fucking human condition you can have... All the notoriety, all the money, all the women, and still be a sad sack. So you got Gene Simmons who's going, yeah, I'm a Hollywood actor. I'm like a real action star I see myself as. And then you got Paul Stanley who, in hiding, is taking action classes, acting classes, wanting nobody to know. That's what he might really be into. They had the Kiss Super Bowl performance. Who do we have nowadays? Fucking Lady Gaga and Shakira. Just auto-tuned voices. These were guys that knew how to slam instruments. Oh my god. There you go. There's an 80,000 person crowd for you that they won't let a band play for. Gene was not inviting to his wedding because Gene always had this thing about marriage is an institution, man. I don't want to live in it. So Paul's like, okay, you're not coming to my wedding. I mean, that institutionalization is how Gene is now two times as rich as Paul is. That divorce didn't go over well. Why are you getting the fucking government involved in your sex life? Nobody would have passed a half-deaf kid to be a rock star, just on principle. He was a realistic optimist. He saw what kind of work he had to put in, and he was not ready to settle. Fucking Paul Stanley, an American legend. So Paul ends it saying, do not compromise. Don't give up. Don't give in. You know, if him or Gene would have, Kiss would not exist. Fight the power, baby. Had some good sound bites in there, too. Totally reliant on the vocal cords for this next one. America the Farewell Tour by Chris Hedges. This was May. This is the month of my birth, and I'm very into these libertarian topics this video put up a ton of views people were responding well and i don't like to say i called it but uh i called it it is pretty cryptically accurate how the rest of the year played out with the four trillion dollar bailouts the lack of a president riots and then we came to a culmination during the november whip clip talking about the election these ideas they're building on each other you could tell if you were here from the beginning, I appreciate the hardcore listeners. You remember Anatomy of the State. That was the 2018 May episode, and we we're keeping in that theme. These ideas were built upon the social contract <laughs> that uh, came to a T in Leviathan, which we don't have sound bites for. That was another great episode at the end of the year. For now, Chris Hedges. We're going to have future books from him 
when atheism becomes religion great writer can't wait for more of his works enjoy the farewell tour chris hedges one of the best journalists of our generation his book bestseller america the farewell tour we are talking about the end of the empire today as all empires end rome egypt atlantis the druids why would america be any different has our boom out here right now down in colorado springs it's the biggest 3D printer in the world, and we're using it to print drones. They're printing all kinds of DARPA technology. It's scary shit. It is booming down there in Colorado Springs. It's also the biggest fast food capital in the world per capita. That's like <laughs> pretty sad, but that's one of the signs of a successful town, successful city in America. And so you see bubbles. This is how we make money. You prop a place up until it's no longer lucrative and then abandon it. There's definitely a military industrial bubble here right now as there was in Scranton in the late 1890s and early 1900s. A lot of his first books were this 2008 crash, people. This is not a one-time thing. This is the start of a long con. Once we bailed them out for the first time, you set a precedent. Just like the coronavirus, we're scared of the flu, government can lock you down now, we set a precedent, I guarantee, the new normal, people are saying next year they're gonna fucking lock you in your house if someone you know dies from the flu, your RFID chip will shut off. Chris stated, it's going to be a rolling 10 year spree of crashes and bailouts, crashes and bailouts, here we are, 2020, another crash, world's biggest bailout ever seen. That's the difference between conspiracy theorists and uh, goldfish out there. Conspiracy theorists keep track. We keep score. We remember when the government lies to us. In 2015, they were found guilty for conspiring to rig the value of world currencies. Every movie you watch, every story you love has evil in it. And then people get back to the real world and their brain just shuts off because they're scared that evil exists. You have to fucking acknowledge that it is part and infiltrating and decaying our bureaucracy. Stop just saying everyone wants to help you. They might say they're your civil servants, but it is a massive extraction of wealth. What's that quote? The only thing that needs to happen for evil to persist is good men to do nothing. Hedges cited, we're in a new phase of decay. We are in the mass shooter phase. No country has ever made it to this point. No empire has ever made it to this type of decay. The Roman Empire, sure. Romeo was <laughs> jousting the Montagues in the middle of Venice. Like, there was a lot of violence, but it was over the honor of your family. It wasn't because you grew up hating society and you decided to shoot up your school. What the- where the fuck is that? Socrates, in the year negative 2000... There will be mass stabbing sprees when the average man can decipher the corruption in the state. America, the Ponzi scheme where Goldman Sachs takes my minimum wage. Why is Domino's filling our potholes? Uh, my minimum wage, a quarter of that gets taken away. Like a tenth of that goes to the state. Zero of it is mixing concrete. They're just selling the hype, man. It's pay-per-view. CNN versus Fox. They're doing this for ratings. They don't care about informing you. They're pushing you 
further into the allegoried cave. Apple offshored two trillion taxpaying dollars within the last decade. Okay, that's supposed to be in the system. That's supposed to be trickling down to the small businesses. Again, we the decaying state of America of any fucking totalitarian state use socialized cost and privatized benefits. And I mean, you didn't hear anything about Obama. This guy flew under the radar for eight years, whereas Trump can fart and it gets picked up on a parabolic microphone. Obama, he literally did away with due process. You can be detained indefinitely on American soil as a citizen if you pose a domestic threat. So literally all a cop has to say is you're a terrorist. Fucking a lady, I think she got like the death penalty. Went to a supermarket and they said that she coughed on like $10,000 worth of food. And she is now being detained as a domestic terrorist. This bitch could be put in fucking Guantanamo Bay, be waterboarded and electrocuted, man, for sneezing in a grocery store because we do not have due process anymore. And of course, the media story was, oh my god, fear, look at these people are going and sneezing on fruit on purpose. Jesus Christ was making sure <laughs> the Jerusalem, the people of Israel, weren't getting debt-pwned by the Romans. If this was a giant PC interactive multiplayer game that we were all interfaced in, people get pwned by debt. That'll be the end of your game. <laughs> Just like we're at this new mass shooter phase of decay in America, we have reached a new fucking level of human addiction where people are taking it to, to the other side. I, it's never been possible. The Mayans who were drinking ayahuasca tea and praising gods left and right, they were never able to trip so hard that they died. Our addiction is at a new level of decay and awesomeness. If you look into the statistics, the post-operation suicide rate from male to female transition is 50%. If I told you I'll operate on your arm and you're, you might feel better, but there's a 50% chance you kill yourself, I think I'm going to take the limp arm for the rest of my life. Every single day, 120 people commit suicide. 95 of those are male. That's our male privilege. Just <laughs> We carry that around on our backs all the time. It gets to be too much. And, and five of those people who kill themselves a day are veterans. So not even ISIS is killing five soldiers a day. We are doing much worse to ourselves. Dumbass religions like Scientology, they'll run you off of the globe if you bad talk Scientology. I hope we don't have any listening to the program. Cthulhu isn't real. I just ruined the 50th level. If your fucking religion has levels like a video game and there's no pipeline to go to the end like Super Mario, you're being fooled. What did the Buddha say? Be skeptical of those peddling enlightenment. Terrorize and behead those who believe in scriptures other than the Quran. Quran 860. Muslims must muster all weapons to terrorize the infidels. Do we get it? Imagine the Bible said that. Oh, white man, defend your book right here. It says you need to kill everybody. Remember the Civil War? There were brothers living in the same household. One who supported the crown... <laughs> Oi, bruv, how do you know I was supporting the crown? Let me get into character. This is uh, Donald Trump on the golf course. Donald Trump on the golf course. I played golf with my friend, and then I started playing with the hustlers, and I learned a lot. I learned about golf. I learned about gambling. I learned about everything. 
Adam Smith, quote, Profits are often highest in nations on the verge of collapse. They told you buy the masks and then they lied to you and told you don't buy the masks because we're running out. They will lie to you. They will tell you that masks do not keep you safe when it is convenient for them. So the best thing you can do is not abide orders blindly. It's thinking rationally, thinking free. Homeless people are basically immune to arrest. When I was working on 16th Street, they have security that would watch the hobos throw things at windows, take their penis out, heckle pedestrians and visitors of Denver, Colorado. Cops do not want to arrest homeless people. They don't even want their smelliness in the back of their patrol car. Let's go! Your mind might still be rattling around from all that truth. Well, this one goes off the reservations for June. We took a trip, the psychedelic experience, with Timothy Leary. You could feel the afterglow in this show. On The Voice, your host did uh, some research before talking about the psychedelics. You could tell there's more to being a host than just being able to give your story succinctly. You got to pass on the energy. And we have comic topics regarded later, but some people aren't the best writers. You see, I'm getting a rounded base by six months into the year here. The energy is a real something that people can carry their entire career with. And so while we're developing all of those skills, this was another big ticket item on the YouTube page. Lots of views. I usually get lots of hate <laughs> by all the trolls out there. However, the psychedelic community is one of the most supportive. So I have like the Harvard Psychedelic Club. We have some more books in this topic to come. I might just totally steer into this genre. You see in the whip clips, I'm a headband wearing hippie. This is my people right here. I might just rent out a love bus. <laughs> Jack Kerouac's. We have the Dharma bums coming. Hope you guys enjoy this foolish, shorter tale. Take it away, Timmy. The one and only Timothy Leary's The Psychedelic Experience. A manual based on the Tibetan Book of the Dead. We did not find a hobo under a bridge to be the spokesman for the psychedelic community. Timothy Leary was a teacher at the most renowned university in America, Harvard. And in Indian, that translates to liberation by hearings of the afterplane of death. So this is like near-death experiences put into writing. This is years, fucking centuries of humans passing down stories verbally and it being put onto paper on what we think happens after death. The biggest mystery is intended to dissolve boundaries or your preconceived notions. You're supposed to do a little bit of unlearning if you ever want to learn. If you think you learned all the geometry from Khan Academy, you're never going to listen to your ninth grade geometry teacher. You got to unlearn a little bit. A little Platonism. Admit that you don't know everything, B. The longest stage, which is reintegrating, bringing all those realizations back. And you're trying to hold onto as much illumination as possible, like a kid that gets one handful of candy on Halloween. You're going to the psychedelic house, breaking through the doors, and you only get to bring a handful back to your little human form. It's your mind that is manifesting the experience. So the real question is, are we mature enough as people or individuals for this tool? Like I'm saying, you know you're ready. It's really a question of maturity to be able to use these things. 
If you tell yourself, I'm not going to see the light, I'm not going to make it through, you can manipulate yourself into a hell trip. These are the assertions that you have to make beforehand. And stay with it. Just like life, trips are a giant microcosm for life. Fucking set your goals. To reach nirvana, to reach that astral plane, you gotta blow out the frame. You, whatever you think you're looking through, that's no longer your frame of reference. That's how you could tell whether or not you dropped your body, you made it. These were put on Earth by God for us, God damn it! Satan will come for your soul if you demonize these chemicals. See how easy it is to talk like a preacher and make certain things sound bad? It's just like the trip. It's whatever mindset you come into things with. There was a psilocybus-related name that Christmas was based off of. Why else would you take your life's work as a peasant and wrap up presents and give your life's work away to your kids? You would have to be high on mushrooms to think of giving everything away like that. You probably even looked up on WikiHow how to breathe for not how to breathe, I meditate for the first time. I had to WikiHow how to breathe. I have to WikiHow how to poo. I have to WikiHow how to how sometimes. There are some abandoned apparitions, people that got lost in the spirit world. They're stuck in your basement too. You ever seen that Hamilton Morris Vice show, Pharmacopedia? He goes to the middle of the Amazon rainforest and he'll ingest any fungi he sees on the ground and he like wakes up with his face half underwater one time. He's like, man, I could have died and you know the most dangerous thing here is water after all. It's not the message of the show. Welcome back to the 3D Plane Dimension. Nick Mune is here to talk about our show for July. This was The Wolf of Wall Street by Jordan Belfort. <laughs> we had a lot of help from Martin Scorsese for this one. The graphic for the show drew half the clicks alone. Leo DiCaprio on his boat telling the SEC agents, Gentlemen, get the fuck off of my yacht. People love these shows about the money. We had Liars Poker later in the year, which didn't draw a bigger crowd. It had a bigger point, though. We um, are going to do a lot more of those Michael Lewis books in the near future. Definitely learning more about how markets are an illusion. <laughs> we see in 2020 how is 40 million people out of work, but the stock market's at an all-time high. You gotta believe. I think that was Angels in the Outfield. We'll have Moneyball on the show to come. You gotta believe. Catching the Wolf of Wall Street was also by Jordan Belfort. You could read that one on your own time. He dropped like 50 chapters, 600 pages. It, his editor was a little too scared he'd get bitten by the wolf if you told him to cut out some pages. So for now, enjoy the classic, The Wolf of Wall Street. Today on the show, we have the long-awaited Wolf of Wall Street, written by Jordan Belfort, a stock market multimillionaire by the age of 26 and a federal convict by 36. $20,000 one summer just selling ice cream on the beach. That's a minimum wage year salary he made in between 9th and 10th grade. That's like the kid at your school who would sell candy, and then they gave him, like, in-school suspension for starting a market. He, This kid was an innovator. What He could be threatening people. You want him to start pulling a switchblade on kids in the hall and just turn it into a mugging? So you could look at it as he stole millions from people, or markets are illusions. You could look at it as he created these... <laughs> 
Steve Madden, it's just a shoe. He, the guy was making clogs. Jordan Belfort was able to pump that up and help everybody get rich off of the idea of Steve Madden. Fugazi, the Fugazi, the woozy, the entire illusion of the market. Probably some of the dirtiest water in America, the runoff from the city. A lot of people swimming with the fishes down there, decomposing bodies in that black sludge of water, sandwiched between New Jersey and Manhattan. She knows he's a 31-year-old with millions of dollars. He's n That's not going to stop his sex drive. It's only going to ramp it up to dangerous levels. Naomi's just going, not around the baby. Get this hooker out of our house. It's a game of who could scam the best, and waiting for him inside to ream him out again is Naomi, and he's thinking she scammed me pretty damn good. He rails a little white lightning on the Long Island Expressway, definitely the highway with the most coke use in America. It's 9.45 a.m. in the office. Some people are drunk, some people are high, but as long as you could dial that phone faster than 300 times in 8 hours, you can hang. Your drug problems do not matter. It's probably a performance enhancer. Mad Max is also saying in the office, the company car usage was $470,000 last month. What is VJ Entertainment? That's a stripper firm. After like two minutes, Jordan, Mr. Time is Money, is like, you're not going to fuck me over, right? And he goes, well, we have uh, customs here. Unless... The uh, United States plans on invading Switzerland. Your bank account is as safe as my wife to you, Mr. Dirty Belford. They're smart, Jordy. They're smart and you're dumb. But Jordan has the Popeye power, the cocaine on his side. He's an addict and that pushed him to be more successful than anyone. Comes to bite him in the ass potentially later. Leaves Jordan with a English proverb, some words of wisdom. She's going... Money is the tool, not the mason. You should use it to control other people, but don't let it control you. So she knows how to speak his psychopathic language and is letting him know that the money's getting the best of him. You shouldn't be in the middle of Europe to play this game anymore. You're going off of the Monopoly board. Which magic over sea inflation will make his money worth two and a half times as much. I don't know how that's possible. Maybe every time you go to a friggin' airport and have to pay at those money exchange currency stations and it jacks you up. How do you pay? <laughs> Either way you travel, it's more expensive. Your currency devalues. Suspect. For the first time, Naomi was saying, I don't need all of this money. Why are you getting my family involved here? And Jordan's like, Whoa. he loves arguing with her. I thought you liked money. I thought every, every dollar counts, baby. Steve Madden, I mean, a lot of these professional people has soured. He's telling them to sell shares, giving them bad advice. So he is on Donnie's level. He's letting the drugs affect his work. Next up was August. We debriefed on writing by Stephen King, the master of his craft, the top of the game. He only has two nonfiction books. Naturally, I had to check that out on your nonfiction haven. King taught us about discipline and being available to your muse. It's like getting into a praying state of theta waves, a flow state where you can coax out that hidden talent that you have, but you have to develop it. Nobody's born a five-star writer or anything. You could tell by this period the writing growth of the show is apparent 
there's always a cyclical script. I try to bring a bigger point introduced in the beginning and, of course, brought it to full circle at the end. That's why it gets all sappy at the end. You got to try to make the hour worthwhile. We get better and better with that on Stephen King's behalf. So enjoy On Writing by the King Stephen. What you become aware that you're not very good at is writing. So this week we are checking in with the king, Stephen King, his only nonfiction book on writing. Richard Bachman is his alias, and this is how he's able to still troubleshoot his premises, see if he is still working with a good book or if it's his name that is just selling all the copies at this point. His biggest cause is banning violent video games for kids says the guy writing horror gore novels, The Shining, about killing your kids and your family. What? And you're saying you're not allowed to play Halo? Are women empowered enough? White men and billionaires are the problem. And then their next headline is, We should trust Bill Gates, a white billionaire, sticking minorities with needles. Why would you think? You hear this one in stand-up comedy all the time. <laughs> Do you think you're more talented than someone? No, because, I mean, some people will say yes, and those people are delusional. It's about the fucking work. If you're not getting up there, if you're not writing, you're not going to improve. So a bad book can be worth more than a semester at a writing school. Just like on stage, when you watch a bad stand-up, it teaches you again and reinforces what to not do. You got to read a lot. Even if it is a bad book, it's going to show you what to avoid. He's saying, basically, it's an addiction at some point, but you got to embrace that. You know, people, I don't know how this gets brought up in our education, but drugs are addictive, right? What about food? You see people who are 400 pounds, obviously you can get addicted to anything. So work is going to be the best thing to addict yourself to and writing if you want to be a writer. Imagine writing it. <laughs> like every single Stephen King book takes place up in Maine where he lives. He was probably driving around town that entire hundred days looking for clowns. He couldn't go to the basement of the library in fear that there was going to be a demon down there. King getting a little metaphysical on us. He's saying when you set up this proper environment, it's like people going to church. You're getting ready for a ritual. It puts your body in another state. Even if you are the plumber, you could write a book about a sci-fi plumber who flies to different planets and is changing goo pipes for people. What is the most popular video game franchise of all time? The Super Mario Brothers? The entire plot doesn't even make sense. It's about Italian plumbers who... I guess this is how you came up with it. You ate mushrooms one day and jumped on some turtles. Your story doesn't even have to make sense to be compelling, is King's point. But your job is to tell a story. You're a storyteller, not a journalist. But a journalist's job now in clown world is to push a narrative. How absurd is that, that it's completely flipped? And you got then uh, Michelle Obama had one of the biggest nonfiction books of the previous year. And she's literally just describing what it's like to live in the White House. So you see a beginning author is going to rely heavily on their descriptors. Nobody owns language. He is a true supporter of the First Amendment free speech. No words are off limits. If your character would use that word, use it. You can create a fucking neo-Nazi character super easy by throwing a couple slurs in there. Did anybody else fucking hate peer review? In high school, this was like the worst day. It's not 
A, I'm not finished with the piece. Why are you giving it to this other person? It's not a finished product. And B, I don't give a fuck what you think. Why would you give your piece to be marked up by someone who has nothing to do with that creative process? <laughs> Everyone's going, look at that comedian on stage. Fuck that guy. He thinks he's funnier than everyone else. The reason the guy is up there is because he is wildly self-conscious about how funny he is. He needs your laughs as a stranger. King didn't write this book on writing. I'm the best writer. I'm going to drop some knowledge, tell all you how to do your job. He said, I wrote this because I was in excruciating pain and didn't have confidence as a writer anymore. Like I said, this guy's a real artist. He fucking hates himself. This brings us into the home stretch of the year. You might be remembering these episodes already. However, it's not the current era of the show exactly. Next up was the simulation hypothesis by Rizwan Verk. <laughs> you could tell the audio is off in these videos too. I had a zany studio when I was living in a flop house in LA. This year alone I lived in frat house, flop houses, boarding houses, hooker houses. I've been off the reservation. <laughs> we talk about that more in the Patreon page. Simulation hypothesis was a really fun idea similar to the psychedelic experience. You could, you have a lot more tether to walk the line in this one, throw some more jokes out there as it's not a serious topic. Simulation hypothesis, it took us to the most serious quantum physics that you can go down to, and it's all speculative, theoretical, the scientists call it, so it's a really fun thought experiment people respond to this topic we'll have more of these tech topics to come september we go back to school 2018 we had super intelligence by nick bostrom i hope to read more about the ai we have some more tech planned hold tight and enjoy the simulation hypothesis we are going back into the supercomputing world the quantum realm we're talking about ai and the simulation hypothesis rizwan verk if you assume any, any rate of improvement, 0.1%, that means at some point in the future, we will eventually have a simulation that is indistinguishable from reality. There is a such thing called VR disillusion. This is when people forget which reality is real. And then think about the matrix again. If you are plugged in from birth, how would you ever know which reality is actually real? Phil K. Dick, his whole idea was the collective consciousness. If there was one entity who had control of your past, present, and future, they control the narrative. What did uh, George Orwell say? He who controls the past controls the future. He who controls the present controls the past. Hmm. He mentioned Ray Kurzweil of Google. Very big name, one of the best programmers of our time. I bet in the future they're going to look at like the biggest programmers as the rock stars of the future because punk is dead ray kurzweil he invented the dictation tool for the uh google ai and what that means is he created ears for robots if you gave me two independent classes of kindergarten kids this would definitely get passed by a uh, standard review board for scientific studies give me those kindergartners those damn five-year-olds meldable minds I tell one classroom the Darwin story, that we all started, we're, we're monkeys. And then I tell the other ones who nowadays have been raised on tablets. They know what their 
Avatar for Fortnite looks like more than they care about dressing themselves in the morning. I'm going to tell these kids. You guys know that um, in the bigger picture, we are all just tiny data packets in this larger simulation. And you have a certain degree of freedom. Like, they're already trying to argue free will out of kids' um, <laughs> school. How fucking empowering is that point when I'm just trying to say that if you change your mind, anything is possible in school. They tell you that you're puddle soup and nothing fucking matters. But these kids nowadays that are raised in the world of digitalization, they would believe it is more, <laughs> probably more believable than this monkey theory that we are just in one giant computer. Think about The Sims. They have an in-game time generator. Whereas when you turn the game off, that's the whole point of The Sims. They keep simulating their entire life. They keep going to work and making money. Who's to say that's not us? And we get bought back into sentience when there is an in-game event. You do see, I just bought up Fortnite. They do, this is like new with this game. They make in-game massive events. So you're in a lobby of a hundred other real people. And there's a fucking concert going on in the middle. So who knows, maybe we are all just playing a PvP version until that big multiplayer event goes down and then everybody checks back in. That sounds a lot like 2020. If you've ever played the old Super Mario scrollers, uh, Mario Brothers, they are the same level for 8.8 .8 times over and over and over, but there's different texture packets. Dude, I'm pissed. Have you seen the new Mario Maker game? I'm happy I got out of Nintendo when I did. They are literally just telling the consumer. They are crowdsourcing their game. They're going, hey, make the game for us. We're done. Start making the Mario game. <laughs> That's literally what this is. I guarantee the next Super Mario game will just have little excerpts of all the consumer design levels thrown together. It's criminal, but that's the point of the uh, simulation we're at. Like, the better things get, the more tools get sent down to the consumer. They purchased the Oculus VR, which was the most high-tech uh, VR rig at the time. And they were planning on creating Facebook World. I shit you not. You remember the Oasis from Ready Player One? It was like at the end of that movie, instead of the corporatists controlling the world the little kid who found all the hidden eggs got to control it and his first rule was there will be no marketing in the oasis <laughs> and the entire reason that facebook wants to make facebook world is to over inundate you with flashy signs and advertisements i feel like if you're einstein if you are objectively the smartest guy out there you could just start making up your own rules they were on the playground einstein i tagged you you're it no, 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 this is the quantum base theory. You see, when I'm touching the tree, I cannot be tagged. When things collapse under observation, how can you observe without affecting something? And that's a paradox. Another motherfucking paradox. I think I'm going to stop getting high and just reading paradoxes. You know, just a good paradox to get my mind off something at the end of the day. Even think about Christ. That guy definitely had some healing potions. <laughs> this guy, he fucking went to whatever forbidden realm there is within this game and bought back the placebo for other people to kill their leprosy. I also think Jesus might have broke the physics engine because that motherfucker was walking on water, turning water into wine. When you say a prayer, it's like writing a complaint forum to the developers. So, like, if you write too big of a complaint, like fix my grandmother of alzheimer's they can't change the rules of the game but if you send that complaint up to the devs if you 
request a patch note, they might, those gods of the odds could put some more in your favor. You know, they might increase your hitbox. You might have been putting the work and taking your shots. So those could be other playable experiences. You want to really live up in your feels? This time around on planet Earth, ditch the female experience and be a full-on dolphin. Uploading back in 2020. What up, everybody? I am back, and with some bad news, October did not go well regarding the supercut. We do not have sound bites for Dan Flores' Coyote America. We were getting spooky in October of two years ago, 2018. We read Mind Hunter, <laughs> and that one was still weighing on my psyche. 20 straight chapters about serial killers. They're the coolest people on earth. They do what they want. It's um, a heavy topic, so we went scary, animalistic. Well, most girls dress up as animals for Halloween anyway. October was a silly show. Dan Flores, hopefully we'll have more of his books to come. American Serengeti. This guy is an American treasure, having driven the west and the plains. You can see how this was once fertile land for the animals to roam. We had some good riffs on carpet bombing coyotes in that show, so I'm disappointed there are no sound bites available. Lost the files and all that crap. <laughs> I got terabytes of Nick's nonfiction on my Mac. This brings us to the new era of the show, though. This is uh, a heavy employment of sarcasm and probably the current level that you're going to see me at as we're always trying to get better november there was fast food nation by eric slosher this was real silly talking about fast food how ronald mcdonald would come to my elementary school i used to watch the mcdonald's gang videotapes this is i'm well educated on the topic it was probably the most anticipated episode of the year we were hyping it up for a long time Food is a fun topic that we could get around, especially the fact that in November we recorded the fixes in democracy is dead. I'm kind of on the downslope of all of that engagement. I do like a good empirical theory from time to time to see where the corruption lies. However, your host is pretty much Jersey sliding right blinker to the off ramp regarding politics. Well, what are you just going to divide people? We're talking about food from now on. This is a really funny episode. Share it with a friend. Eric Slosher is recommended by Bourdain, which we also had medium raw around this month. So enjoy it, Fast Food Nation. Happy Thanksgiving to all my pilgrims and Indians out there. Today we have Eric Slosher's Fast Food Nation. Slosher, he toured the country, he toured Europe for this book. Very inflammatory ideas coming up. I feel for everybody, though. If there's, like, a fat shaming today, I have been 230 pounds and I have been 150 pounds. I have what you would call an eating disorder. I feel for... I've been watching Fed Up all these sugar documentaries. I was a nutrition major as I started in college. Probably just because I was obsessed with my body dysmorphia. In these documentaries, you see these little girls that are... They see in the magazines these beautiful women that are just photoshopped and they're saying, how do I get to that size? I'm doing the special K diet. I'm doing all this stuff that Nabisco is showing me and it's not working. It's fucking heartbreaking. This is seriously the issue that could save more lives than radical jihadism, any terrorism, any flus. 
seriously, if we could get our diets right in America, it would improve everybody's standard of living. These guys who work in there, the 1,500 people every single night, a Domino's delivery driver is taking uh, meat lovers into the crust of the earth. He's saying fast food has infiltrated our dumbs, our deep underground military bases. <laughs> Every nook and cranny like a good syrupy waffle. Who is being subsidized right now in the biggest depression since 1920? Hands behind the scenes. I know I'm going hidden agenda right now, but seriously, go to your food store. 80% of the products in this mega store have sugar placed into it. It's usually for preservatives to like to make it last on the shelf longer it's poison it's straight up soylent green bada bing bada boom new york city you got hot dog stands i mean this isn't the inventor of fat think about you went to a joust in medieval times some guy was selling a leg of mutton we love to think we invented stuff in america i mean i can't believe some of this shit is true maybe i had a fever dream as a child but we had a 500 people in my elementary school one day they call everybody down to the auditorium they light the stage perfectly draw back the curtains and who did we gather 500 young minds to hear ronald mcdonald but he came out and he's like people like to make fun of me i wear shoe polish on my face you know i'm a clown i always say so what i got big feet so what he pointed to a kindergartner your mommy stinks. My mom stinks. So what? You pointed to someone in the back, a fifth grader. Dude, your burgers kill as many people as ISIS and Al-Qaeda combined. So what? Wait, what? Procter and Gamble are now trying to make deals with Lifetime Learning to provide the textbooks to schools. McDonald's history. When you start reading other independent history books, you learn the way uh, history gets repeated it's all cyclical i stole my whatever it was called mcgregor history book in high school because i just knew dude something felt off your bullshit meter's going crazy the gulf of tonkin was a one-day event where a tiny vietnam raft started the war and fired on a aircraft carrier none of it's real procter and gamble owns our children's textbooks <laughs> I'm going to just be a history teacher and make shit up. In the year zero, Mayor McCheese saved Ireland from the potato famine, and McDonald's cured the earth of the bubonic plague. This plant opened six months before World War II, and they started farming onions for the boys overseas. <laughs> Dude, imagine that. You are about to storm Normandy. It's D-Day. And your final meal is freeze-dried onions? Oh my god. Okay, it gets darker. I forgot there was one thing called the dehiding machine. You can imagine what this does. It makes leather. It'll make you a wallet out of a cow. One day, three men slipped into the dehiding machine. This is a nightmare. And the factory was fined $1,500. per man. Excuse me, Mrs. Rodriguez, we're calling from the Conagra Beef Factory. Yeah, we skinned your husband this afternoon. We got a $500 check coming in the mail. This brings us to December. <laughs> a last supper is to be had indeed. Thomas Jefferson's The Jefferson Bible. This was totally sacrilegious, even though I was trying to class it up towards the end of the year. Adding some 
biblical allegories. There were some divine lessons to take home and take into the new year. You could tell that the entire year, especially the Jordan B. Peterson, the first one, had spiritual undertones. I used Jesus as the main character in a lot of jokes. Um, it was fun to come to a big crucifixion at the end of the year, learning the entire story, because I'll probably never read the Bible, I don't know, Sanskrit. Super silly show, so enjoy the soundbite. I'll be back in a minute for the outro. To celebrate the merry and gay spirit of the day, you feel it in the air, don't you? We're celebrating the birth of our savior with the Jeffersonian Bible this month, written by Thomas Jefferson. So he was just born in Bethlehem. He goes by Jesus of Nazareth. He reps his hood. It's not the best origin story ever, you know. Jesus is 30 years old. He ruined the party. He runs out in his sandals. Flop, flop, flop. <laughs> I ruined the party. He goes away, starts growing his hair out. The town of Pharisee, after Jesus ate the corn, they had a, he's like, corn, K-O-R-N. He's doing alt shows right now. They held that council against Jesus, and they ran him out of town. And Jesus didn't have a posse yet, so he was total drifter. He had no one to clutch onto to stand up for him or to even get the crowd started and being like, yeah, badass, he ate the corn. He's bombing pretty hard. Okay, okay, this one is for the ladies. You guys have heard of that hack Moses with all that don't covet your neighbor's wife crap? Whosoever looked on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery already in his heart. The girls are fucking going crazy. Yas! My man, I fucked the waitress the other night. He cheated on me. They're throwing their underwear at him on stage at the Sermon of the Mount. A woman anointeth him, and anoint means to smear. And he's not getting a rub down. He'll get anointed by the ointment later. A chick libeled him. She set like a smear campaign out on Jesus. He was getting me too'd. It was one of those Pharisee girls, the people that ran him out of town for eating corn. Just goes to show that old punk rock circuit is coming back to bite Jesus in the ass. The alt scene was she was like, you give all these speeches, but I haven't seen you at temple in years. <gasps> Everyone's real surprised, and Jesus goes, I've spent time at the temples of the saints, ones which you will never see. He might be talking about that acacia bush where Plato saw the world of the forms, the realm of the good. <laughs> Jesus broke through to the other side. Jefferson's take on this was, it could be an allegory for Christ got a little addicted to the liquid. He was on the sauce. <laughs> I mean, think about it. He's killing every show. He's in a different city every night, and he's putting on the same show. He's like, all right, let's plow through this shit one more time. So it really might be a story for that. Jesus got a new precept at this time. No man should buy a new garment if he is behind on rent. It's pretty simple stuff. Again, maybe because he's a wino at the time. They stab him at the end and wine comes out of his gut. <laughs> Jesus is like, you know, maybe my early shit was a little too brainy. Maybe I need to dumb it down. If you're behind on rent, you can't buy new Yeezys. <laughs> maybe he was so drunk. <laughs> Jesus uh, went blue on stage. He's like, yeah, you fucking idiots out there. You, how much are you in debt? 
Oh, yeah, why don't you just swipe the card one more time? I'm sure that'll work. Jesus Augusta will pardon you. Jesus alone goes up to the Mountain of Olives. He gives a lecture to a dozen temples, so a really big crowd. They had to rig up an amplifier. <laughs> the Pharisees heckled him there. And there was one guy in the crowd particularly bad. He was pointing to this girl next to him in the audience, and he's going, check out this harlot. Hey, Jesus, I bet you sleep with this broad. And he's going, this girl should be stoned according to Moses. And Jesus stands up for the girl in front of the big crowd. He goes, he that is without sin amongst you all, let him cast the first stone. So Jesus is like, okay, yeah, sure, this girl deserves to die. Let's all kill her right now. The person who doesn't have any sin on them, go ahead, throw the first boulder at her eyeball. Jesus was going, you hear about this pussy Caesar trying to cancel me? Everyone's roaring in the audience. Fuck him. Jesus would say, let Caesar do his own campaigning. If this guy really had a message that the world needed to hear, he also would have recruited six or seven brothers worth dying for his message to go around the land. Judas slumps down in his seat. They all pose for Da Vinci's painting on one side of the table. That's where I said before, we don't know if that's where the first breaking of the bread is. I think it'd be even more powerful if that was the second time. He was like, guys, remember the early days? Remember when you were just getting started on the road? And then we all met up and I did that thing where we broke the bread. And they're like, yeah, that was the good time. We didn't have any response. Pilate is like, this is your king. This is the king of the Jews? Get a load of this guy. He calls out to the crowd the best part in church. What do you want to see? He's holding his thumb out in the middle, dangling it between up and down like in the gladiator arena. In church, they do this scene. It's the most cathartic you will feel in a temple. <laughs> Everybody in unison chants, Crucify him! Crucify him! Feels pretty good. Maybe if I was incarnated in year zero, I would have been these people spitting on him. <laughs> Imagine what ring of hell you go to if you spit on Jesus. They wrapped Jesus with linens and spices. Maybe they were trying to cook him. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. Those are our themed episodes, a year of Nick's nonfiction, a development. And this brings us into Agenda 21. <laughs> That's probably going to be the name of our first whip clip for January. If you don't know what that is. As uh, Alex Jones would say, look into it. I've got the documents. I love to do the research. There were some unmentioned shows. Chaos by Tom O'Neill. That was all about the Manson case we got to the bottom of. We learned about official narratives this year. We did Underground Man, Dostoevsky. I've got Crime and Punishment. We have some more Camus to come in 2021. This show is about to reach an entire new level. Again, I'm trying to upgrade my editing skills the graphics are going to be more visually appealing i'm getting more comfortable you could tell if you're on the patreon the whip clips are getting to a level that i'm comfortable letting out there as we learned today you got to fail to succeed month after month we're just getting better there as we did in 2018 because we're on level three with nick's nonfiction. <laughs> this is about to hit the tipping point i cannot wait to share the new year with you guys at a weekly schedule coming out guns a blazing again january we are going to be doing a motivational month so next tuesday we have 
Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. He passed the SEAL training, the Army Rangers. He hiked from the panhandle of Florida down to the Key West with nothing but a compass eating gator meat. This guy is a complete badass. He was 500 pounds an exterminator. Thought he was at the end of his life and he lost all the weight. He is some sort of an extreme masochist where he will hurt himself until he can run a super marathon. He ran around the perimeter of the big island of Hawaii. David Goggins is a genetic freak, a super athlete. It's more his mind that pushes him to this levels, and that's what we're going to be going over to kick off the year on the right foot next Tuesday. You better come with a ready-to-play attitude. That's what your host is doing as well. I really appreciate you guys. I hope you do have a safe and happy New Year's celebrate another life this was a very hard year for americans for the entire world and we deserve a celebration with as many people as you can even in the great famines of history in the great depression people had feasts you have to celebrate the human spirit needs these small wins and that was today's theme of the show we're all celebrating we're getting better (laughs) i can't wait to see what levels we take it to we're going to be exploring new premises better joke topics I hope next year's Supercut has you doubled over in laughter. Thank you guys again. My name is Nick Muniz. See you next year. Yuck, 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 yuck. Peace.